time to relax. You know what that means. It's time for the show that puts the cow in cowabunga. Because I'm fat. <laughs> it's the original Janksters podcast. I'm Kevin Jank. I'm Peter Jank. Yay. New show. That is me. <laughs> We're stringing them in a line here for once. <laughs> no break. Enjoy it while it lasts, even though no one will listen to this. <laughs> das is good. Das is clean. <laughs> but let's jump into our, our movie selection of the week that we'll be talking about. Um, Peter, why would you, why don't you tell the folks what, <laughs> what we Peter, why week? the hell did you choose this movie? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> All right. So um, I couldn't think of the movie. And now that I – so there was one movie that I was – trying to remember that I knew that I wanted Kevin to watch, but I could not remember for the life of me, which I remember now was the never ending story. Um, oh, you shit. reminded me of it the other day. <laughs> and I, I thought to myself, I was like, wait a minute, that was the fucking movie, but that's all right. That's <laughs> we'll all right. We're, we're learning um, about myself. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so basically I had to think of another movie because I couldn't remember never ending story. And I have decided to go with this week. Batman versus the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which is a movie that just had come out uh, probably within the last few weeks. Um, It is the newer animated movie uh, with Batman and Hush on its way. (laughs) I saw the the, uh, like a pre-order thing on Amazon when I was watching this one. Uh huh. I was like, oh, man, I know, man. I know. I know. I'm really (laughs) getting really excited for it. But, I'll wait till you uh, till you see it and tell me a review. Yeah, <laughs> mostly tell me if it's if they change two hushes because if they true. did, I won't watch it. That's fair, <laughs> and I can't blame you. But yeah, this one is a uh, a different take on the uh, the Batman series. It doesn't have Kevin Conroy playing Batman this time. It has sadly, um, and it wasn't bad. You can't even say it was bad. No, no, it wasn't bad. Um, a lot of the times, I thought he sounded a lot like him. Um, but a lot of times not so much, but it certainly was not distractingly bad or anything like that. It's just, I always am a fan of getting Kevin Conroy because he's just the best. <laughs> yes. Um, I couldn't disagree with that on, at all. Um, I, I feel the same way. I think there's certain things that he says uh, looking back that just like, well, that I don't know if that's exactly how Kevin Conroy would have said it, but for the most part, I did definitely lose myself in the character. I never really thought to myself, well, that's not Kevin Conroy. Conroy. <laughs> um, so it oh, I should say, I guess it was Troy Baker, right? It was Troy Baker. Yeah, thank you. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but yeah, basically, this is a I don't know how to really put this. It's almost like they went from a more childlike. But then there's scenes in this that aren't childlike. <laughs> it is an animated <laughs> movie, so it's not like there's like wieners flying all over the place. But it, they did bring the Ninja Turtles in because they did. They are now under the uh, Nickelodeon license. So mm-hmm. they, I'm assuming they had to keep it somewhat PG-ish. I think uh, it was. Yeah, there's been a lot of those PG-13 Batman things and even DC things like the Death of Superman. I think it was the first one that was PG-13. Um, this one, I would say it definitely is not in that realm. Um, I think it was definitely more family friendly. I think it was more family friendly, but there were definitely some things in here that may have, I wouldn't say cross the line, I w- but that you wouldn't see in like more of a Nickelodeon style. Like you do see a dude's head get cut off. You don't see the actual act, but then you see his head fall to the <laughs> ground and then a body without a head. You also see mm-hmm. like Raph's size go inside of something for once. You never really see <laughs> yeah. that ever happen. Um, That's true. There are times where the turtles <laughs> do swear. Um, not like, 
like bad bad words, but they do say like it reminded me very much of like um the uh the first Ninja when Turtles movie. Say damn in yeah, yeah the first movie. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, there's there's some of that in this movie. So I I'd still show my kids. There's no doubt about it. If I ever had kids, I'd show them all. But fuck. you're gonna watch this over and over again. But I know you ain't like, watching fucking Frozen. <laughs> but I know Sean would never show his kids this. So that's that's the difference between. Really? Oh yeah, no, not a chance in hell. Um, <laughs> their kids would be terrified somehow. Wow. They'd be completely terrified because his kids only watched Frozen. So. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so basically this is a a fun little romp, uh, where two universes basically collide before we get into this whole thing. Got to get your first impressions. Where do we, uh, where do we sit on this guy? Uh, for the most part, I would say it's, it's good. Um, in terms of like the DC animated movies that I've seen, uh, which I don't think is nearly as many as you've seen, but I would put it somewhere right in the middle. Um, it wasn't my favorite, but it wasn't bad. So Hmm. I'd give it, you know. A, a thumbs up, but not like two thumbs way, way up, <laughs> but a thumbs up. I would go as far as giving it maybe like a 7.5. I think it's better than average. Um, yeah, I, for sure. There are definitely some of the DC movies where you're just like, this is bad. This is just bad. <laughs> this isn't good. I have not seen the Suicide Squad one. <laughs> uh, that one's really bad. But the other Suicide yeah. Squad one, really fucking good. Really like that one. So it's like they get some hits and they get some misses. I feel like this one is definitely a hit for me. I do like this one. I think it's got some really funny parts in it. I like the turtles. Um, did you like the way that they were animated or like their designs in this one? I know you weren't a big fan of like them changing sizes like in the Michael Bay movies, basically. But I don't think they do that very much in this one but you definitely yeah, get a sense true. of different like almost like different body builds with because raf <laughs> I, after watching this one raf is the I, the exact same height as leonardo yeah, I, in here. I didn't even notice there might be much of a size difference there uh donatello did distract me a little bit just the shape of his head yeah uh it was such a weird vertical oval kind of shape that mm-hmm. just was not very turtle like <laughs> Yeah, especially the compared to the way we're used to seeing them in the movies or in uh, the old cartoon show. Um, so he just looked kind of funky. And I was definitely kind of curious about what where Raph got that scar on his eye. Um, I don't know if that's part of the Nickelodeon continuity or something. Um, I mean, it could be um, it could be something from whatever. I don't I don't even know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm glad that they have a different look overall it i think raf is still slightly larger like bigger like largely built than the other ones but as far as like yeah maybe size, a little bit but not like it wasn't like you not know, like he's arnold schwarzenegger movie. and everyone else is crispin glover or something right <laughs> or in like the new nickelodeon movies where he's a goddamn monster oh yeah i don't Thank understand God. it um or nickelodeon show rather but yeah um uh I some really of the other like... designs i did not like as much but <laughs> the turtles i was fine with designs of whom like or, Baxter what, Stockman? What the fuck did they do there? <laughs> I, I thought it was fine. He Why looked, was he so little? He's supposed to be a normal sized guy. Yeah. I mean, that's very true. Um, <laughs> and the mustache was just weird. Also <laughs> and the voice true. was weird. It did not fit with that character. <laughs> <laughs> really nothing about that character that I like <laughs> when I come down to it. That's true. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I do like how they brought some of the Nickelodeon actors f- or uh, voice actors from 
that station or whatever network onto this. Oh, did they? Um, yeah, they brought over the guy who did SpongeBob to do the Penguin. And I know you said oh, it the yeah, last yeah. time that you and I talked about this. And the Penguin part had already passed, so I didn't even notice it. But then I listened to it this time, and I was like, oh, shit, that is him. <laughs> yep. It sounds just like him, but playing as the Penguin. And he does a great job. I don't know if it's because he's done nautical-themed shows for about 20 years, but uh, he does a great job I'm playing as the penguin. the Penguin as if he comes from a pineapple down in the sea. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I wish the Penguin would have sounded like that. That would have been amazing. <laughs> I need some guns and Gary. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so they brought in a few people in the kid or the, uh, the guy who plays Jake or even uh, oh man Bender from Futurama. He plays Mister Freeze in this one. Um, Did he really? Yeah, wow, I didn't even catch that. I know it's a lot of little weird things, but yeah, there's there's definitely some really cool uh, voice actors in this one that I don't think you would normally see in the other DC animated movies, which is pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. so this one starts off. I think, I think the main thing that I guess keeps this from being like a, you know, five star movie for me is I think I tend to like the ones that have more, uh, like stakes, like the ones that actually where something big happens, like under the red hood. Cause it's like, Oh, you get to see, you know, what happened to Jason Todd and he comes back as a villain and stuff like that. So I kind of like ones that move the story forward in like a big way. Whereas this is just kind of like a fun side adventure. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. So like, I, I totally get what you're saying. And then that's why I'm excited for like hush and some other stuff, but like some yeah. of these side projects that they've been doing with the animated stuff. Like I don't, I'll never watch the Ninja one. I have no interest in that one, but <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, I love the Batman by the uh, gaslight. I love that little just weird side project. Oh my god, that movie is just so damn great. It's fucking amazing all the way through. Um, I'll and see that someday. It, it's really really good. And even uh, this one because it's just a little a little one shot basically. It's just so cool to just see a different storyline. I'm 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 happy with that. Um, but yeah, so this one basically starts off with uh, Batgirl. She is in a some kind of a, a laboratory or something like that, and then yeah. uh, a bunch of ninjas, uh, the Foot Clan, show up and uh, steal steal something from this laboratory. Um, so she immediately goes to Batman and basically tells him what's up, and Batman uh, kind of pinpoints where the next attack might be, and which is like Wayne Laboratories or Wayne Factory or whatever the hell it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, so and he tells the cops basically not to come. Yeah. <laughs> Just don't worry about it. Well, we got this. Whatever. Let yep. him take it. Um, That's not suspicious at all. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's pretty good. Um, but yeah, so he he's there, obviously, and he uh, basically puts all these holograms all over the place to where the Foot Clan do show up. And then Batman shows up, starts kicking all their asses. And then uh, the Ninja Turtles show up and they start kicking, trying to kick batman's ass is this the oh no no no! ninja turtles don't show up yet because they yeah. are fighting the penguin outside yep <laughs> um they don't even show up until actually at all yet uh so basically yeah, they don't meet batman for a good while yeah bat longer than i expected yeah so batman kicks all the foot clan's ass and then shredder shows up and shredder and batman do a, a badass fight scene they're definitely it seems like they're almost the same same fighting style and uh same strength and everything but Shredder, obviously, being probably older and just wiser in some of the, the kung fu arts, he, he knows a few techniques that uh, Batman does not know and does not expect. He apparently knows some weird technique that makes his logo pop up behind him. <laughs> it's pretty magical. 
They call that the advertiser. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he uh, he does this uh, technique to Batman where he's basically just knocked unconscious and he's gone. So, um, so during this time, uh, the Ninja Turtles are fighting the Penguin, and this is kind of our introduction to them in Gotham, uh, just trying to kick the Penguin's ass because he heard that somebody is working for or with Shredder on doing something. And they're going around yeah. stealing something. So he thinks that it might be the penguin. Um, so they they fight all the penguins, goons, and just a, just a great fight scene. I love everything about this scene. How did you like the voice <laughs> actors for the turtles? Because I know we talked about this and you said you may not like them. Um, yeah, I mean, definitely the guy who plays Michelangelo, uh, I'm not a big fan of. <laughs> uh, it's that Kyle Mooney from Saturday Night Live for anybody out there who I hate him on that show. Not that I've even watched it in like two years because it just got so bad, but I, he's pretty terrible and everything, but I didn't, I mean, he wasn't the worst in this. I thought he did an all right job. Um, nothing spectacular, but you know, okay. <laughs> yeah. I I don't know who Kyle Mooney is or if that's his name. You said Kyle or Carl? Uh, Kyle. All right. Yeah, I don't know who that is, so that didn't affect me at all. Um, I miss – I do kind of miss like the old school Michelangelo where he had like a deeper kind of – it's like stoner voice instead of this like high-pitched kind of super excited ADD kid voice they got. (laughs) Yeah. uh, I I kind of agree, but I don't know. Uh, I like the way that most of the time – the turtles i kind of wish that raf actually raf's voice in here was better than most other times most other like mm-hmm. uh uh implementations of raf are basically these really deep dumb voice he's just a big <laughs> yeah. dumb meathead in most things um in this <laughs> one he, he wasn't as deep and it seemed like he kept at least the sarcastic angle like from the 90s tv show which was cool i liked that it wasn't like a deep voice. It kept like almost like, I think his voice was even maybe even higher than Leo's, which is <laughs> nice for once. Um, yeah. They, whoever played Leo sounds just like Leo should sound. Uh, Donnie did good as <laughs> Leo, well. It's, it's crazy when he had that line about like, well, I'm 16. I'm like, he doesn't sound like no 16 year old. I know Leo. I just always picture as like an adult. <laughs> it's very true. It's, it's weird. Like <laughs> when he said that, cause I was watching it earlier when he said that, I was just like, when are they going to grow up? <laughs> like, shit, I've been watching them for fucking, like, 30 years, and you're telling me he's still 16? Fuck you. <laughs> he's never going to get his driver's license. <laughs> um, but, yeah, Leo sounds just like how Leo should sound. Mikey, I thought, whoever did the voice to him, I thought they did a really good job. Yeah, he's definitely more ADHD and just kind of more wild, but that's fine because he's the party dude, and I'm cool <laughs> with that. Uh, Donnie sounds just like how I think Donnie should sound. I do miss Corey Feldman yeah. for that voice, but Donnie did a really great <laughs> job. Um, you know they could get Corey Feldman these days. What else has he got going on? Anybody can get Corey Feldman. He's got his angels, Kevin. His angels. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think the turtles, uh, the voice actors for the turtles, did really good or really well. I even like Shredder. Uh, I mean, I, he's no Uncle Phil, but uh, it wasn't a bad Shredder. Um, yeah, I thought it was all right. I didn't quite I, I didn't always necessarily like the design of the shredder. Uh, like I missed the cape. <laughs> they put the cape in here. There, no, he had like a cape like muffler, like a scarf, but he didn't really have the cape cape. Yeah, no, he had a cape cape because uh, right at the end when uh, Batman and him were fighting again. Oh, um, at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Like the whole first part of the movie, he was just like the red kind of it was more like the movie suit, I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, 
yeah, I guess that's true. But yeah, at the end, he definitely had a cape because I was just like, oh man, yeah. this is so Basque. Basque is just like the the cape flourishes with the two of them just fighting each other. I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> capes. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was cool. Uh, but anyways, uh, so we see uh, them basically kick the penguin's ass. Actually, the penguin just kind of gets away on his little uh, umbrella helicopter, but he kicks all the goons' asses. Um, so Batman is making his way outside, maybe. Uh, I think so. Yeah, because the then, turtles end up in the alley because Raph kicks Penguin's guys over the edge. Oh, that's they right. They fall into a dumpster. <laughs> so they go down there, I guess, to check on them, and they see the Batmobile. Yep, and then that's when um, they meet up with the Batman, which is crazy because Batman even kicked their ass even after <laughs> Shredder's uh, advertiser. <laughs> which makes it seem like how are they ever supposed to beat shredder <laughs> if shredder beat batman and they can't and batman beat the fuck out of them <laughs> that's true they've got no chance against they're shredder. teenagers they have to focus and stop fighting with anger um <laughs> but yeah so uh we we see batman basically kick their ass and then uh they book it out of there uh but batman during the fight was able to take one of raf's size and yep. brings that back and basically discovers that these were actually turtles. And we, we learned that he was fighting turtles. Um, <laughs> uh, at this time, Duh. Uh, the four turtles are trying to do research on Batman, which I think was pretty hilarious because then Donnie's like, oh, uh, so it looks like he's known as the Batman. <laughs> and Rap says, <laughs> oh, really? 30 minutes of researching and you found out something I found out in two seconds. Got it. He is the Batman. <laughs> yeah. I could have told you that in two seconds. <laughs> um, uh, that was good. Uh, the thing that was, uh, as someone who read the comic, I found was strange was that basically they, in the comic, they were, they made it clear that they were from alternate earths. Um, so that they had like shredder and his foot clan had traveled to this earth through some machine. And basically the parts that they were going around to collect were to, you know, build the machines so they can go back to their own world and shit like that. Uh, so they made it clear that they were both from, you know, alternate universes, whereas in this one, they're apparently all from the same earth, which doesn't make sense to me because you have Metropolis and Gotham and then New York city. (laughs) Yeah. Why not? Like, I don't get it. I thought like Metropolis or Gotham was New York city in the DC universe. (laughs) Uh, no, I'm good. I like it. I like <laughs> that it. That boggled my brain. I'm cool. Yeah, I know. It was kind of weird because I know DC is big on like making their own worlds and own locations and stuff like that. Which yeah, they don't have like any real cities. No, they don't. Um, but I like the idea that there's still being a New York City somehow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cool with that. Anyway, it just always exists everywhere. Yep, it's transdimensional. Um, another line that Mikey says. Uh, he says that he loves Gotham. And uh, he's like, where else will you be able to find these blimps that don't do anything? And then it like pans to the blimps just flying in the sky. He's like, see, look, they're doing nothing. (laughs) So many. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I love this movie. Um, That was pretty good. So then uh, basically the turtles end up, or well, Donnie ends up triangulating the Batcave. And they take the sewers that usually I would imagine probably the one of the bat wings or something like that, using those tunnels to get in and out of the cave. Yeah. Uh, they use probably the, the bat boat. <laughs> oh yeah. Probably that as well. But they use these sewers to basically get into the cave and they find the bat cave, um, which leads to just even more fun stuff. Uh, basically Mikey <laughs> puts the bat suit on and then starts riding the T-Rex, which is cool that they included the T-Rex and the giant yeah, penny and, and the everything. Giant penny. 
Um, I just what was uh, uh, what was that one suit that was on display that looked like some like Harvey Birdman or something? I don't like know. <laughs> I was wondering that as well. I have no idea what that suit was. Yeah, I was like, oh, man, I'm. If that's a part of Batman history, I don't know it. <laughs> I didn't know it either. But yeah, so um, Mikey puts on one of the bat suits and he starts riding the T-Rex. He's like, look, I'm in a bat suit. And then it pans out again. It's like riding a T-Rex. And it pans out one more time. And he just says, this is awesome. Um, <laughs> but behind him, um, uh, Robin shows up and he basically, there's just a little romp there. There's, Robin's just trying to fight all the turtles, but he doesn't. This is where we finally see the turtles kick somebody's butt ish <laughs> robin's doing yeah, pretty take on a little kid to do it yeah <laughs> um, finally get a win yep and they just sit on robin until batman shows up um but basically batman does finally show up and same thing with batgirl and they be, they all come together to uh conspire against what's going on with you know shredder and then find out who he's working for robin late or earlier in the uh the movie finds out it was uh, Ra's al Ghul with the Shredder, so Robin spits that information that way, and they start to figure out a plan. At this point in time, I think the... Bat- I don't know why they didn't at all in this movie mention that Ra's al Ghul was his fa- grandfather, though. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think, think that would have came up, especially when Damien was the one telling them about Ra's al Ghul. Like, that's <laughs> something you'd probably put I, out there. I don't... Th- well, that, it's not, like, useful information for any of... I mean, it's cool that we know it, but that's, like, one of those things that, like... Um, what, what am I trying to say here? Like if I watch Friday, if they remade Friday the 13th or did a Friday the 13th 7, and I'm like, well, Freddy Krueger, he likes to go into dreams, and what he does is he kills people in their nightmares and stuff like that. It's like, I already know all that stuff. Let's get on to the movie. Like, I don't need to know that <laughs> uh, Damian Wayne is his grandfather. It doesn't, your grandson, it doesn't actually add anything to Well, I mean, it does it when they're going up against him. There well, Robin doesn't. Be... Robin takes on yeah, uh, Baxter. True, I guess, but <laughs> yeah, the easy one because he's like two inches tall. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny too. <laughs> Please, <laughs> quitting. I'm basically a hostage. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, they all work together to come up with a plan. At this time, Commissioner Gordon puts out the bat signal, and they all meet up with them. They find out that. Uh, Raj Al Ghul and the Shredder have gone to Arkham City or Arkham Asylum to basically. <laughs> City, that'd uh, be great. I know that would be great uh, to meet up with the Joker. The Joker's got the formula to his crazy poison, laughing venom, whatever the hell it's, <laughs> yeah, it's Joker venom. Yeah, and then uh, they're going to basically the idea is to combine the TCRI ooze with the Joker venom and mix those together and start just spraying that all over Gotham. Um, and the idea is they do that for Raz al Ghul or Raish, and then basically uh, Shredder is going to have access to the Lazarus pit. That's the deal between those two. Yeah. Uh, so Commissioner Gordon Which says, brings up something that I want to mention I definitely did not enjoy, and I, I didn't understand why it was even in there. But uh, when, like, they're telling, every, you know, Batman, the Turtles are telling the Bat people about all the, the ooze and everything, and Batgirl repeatedly throughout the movie just has a problem with the word ooze, and I didn't understand what the fuck that was about <laughs> uh, or why they kept doing that. It wasn't funny the first time, and it only got less funny every time she did it. Well, she only did um, it in the beginning, I think, didn't she? Or not the beginning, no, she, but during like, that every, They would keep bringing it up, like, she, they would call it like the anti ooze, and she'd be like, "No, it's retromutagen," and she kept doing. She did it like three or four times. Oh, 
I don't know. Maybe she has a problem. It was a recurring thing. Is it just like the word moist? Like women just have weird problems with words for no reason? I absolutely hate the word pus. That word grosses me out. I don't even like (laughs) saying it or hearing it, and I don't want any part of that word. It's disgusting. It's just a disgusting word. And maybe I can relate with her in that way, and that's why I probably thought it wasn't a bad part because that word grosses me out. I don't think there's a single word you could just be like, I hate that word. (laughs) The (laughs) N-word. I'm okay with it. (laughs) (laughs) You're an animal. (laughs) You're an actual animal. I mean, just like, just random words that, you know, I can see like why you would take offense if someone called you something, but just hearing the word, you're just like, oh God, no. Yep. Yep. There's that (laughs) one. And then the one you said earlier that just makes me furious and. Just in every way, shape, and form, which just drives <laughs> which me nuts. Moist? It's also your goddamn last name, and I just don't get it. Um, so, anyways, uh, so they come up with this anti mutagen ooze to because they're finding out that, well, whatever they they come up with this anti mutagen ooze that within at least twelve hours, if somebody had turned into whatever animal or whatever mutation, they would be able to use this to turn them back. That's the idea. Yeah. Um, so they talk to Commissioner Gordon, find out that there's, uh, you know, some kind of conspiring going on at the Arkham Asylum and there was a break in and blah, 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 blah. So they they book it, which also leads to more funny scenes with Mikey. What did you, did you like the scene? Cause everything, both times I've seen this movie, I have laughed my ass off during that scene and I don't know why. Cause it, it's like this time I knew it was coming and then I was just like, <laughs> I don't know if it's the cut that happens right after that or like what it is that gets me, but it happens. It happened both times. Wow, um, I mean, I didn't have that kind of a reaction, but um, I liked it. Oh, it man, so funny. So it's that, you know, typical, like, Batman talking to Commissioner Gordon. Commissioner Gordon is looking down at his files and then talking to Batman. And then once Batman feels like he's got enough information, he books it while Commissioner Gordon is still talking, leading <laughs> up to Commissioner Gordon looking up and everybody's gone. Well, in this case, everybody's there. So the Batman, Batgirl, Robin, the, and the Turtles are all there listening. And then you do that typical, I'm going to disappear. And Commissioner Gordon's like, oh, of course. Uh, leaving me alone again. And then Mikey's like, I'm still here. And then, the, it, and then it just cuts. And I don't know what it is about that scene. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if it's just like, why did I have to see that? Or it's just like, I'm so glad I saw that. But yeah, <laughs> I just love a good touch. I just love the fact that Mikey just says, well, I'm still here. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so uh, they make their way to Arkham Asylum, where... Uh, the Shredder and Raish have given them all, or given Joker, basically, this, uh, the TCRIUs, and he just turns everybody into crazy animals. Um, so, uh, Batman and everybody walk in, and they're greeted with Harley Quinn, basically in this hyena form, and yeah. is about to start this crazy maze weird. of weird... I, it was fitting. It was weird, but it was fitting. Um but yeah, they're about to start this crazy uh, maze of meeting up with different animals of the villains that we all know and love from the rogues gallery. So basically what ends up happening is uh, they all split up and we've got Raph, Mikey, and uh, Robin. They meet up with Sub-Zero, who is now a polar bear. Then we uh, have... Mr. Freeze. <laughs> oh yeah, Sub-Zero. Mr. Freeze, thank you. Yep. Sub-Zero Ice Punch! <laughs> uh, so... Um, <laughs> They are interchangeable in some of those MK <laughs> DC games. So true. That's where I got confused, of course. Yes. Except for that was Captain Cold and Mr. Freeze. So I'm also oh, stupid. Damn. 
Oh, I'm an idiot. And then we've got Batgirl and Donatello. They meet up with Bane, who's a giant tiger. Uh, And then it's Batman and Leo. They meet up with the Scarecrow, who's a giant crow. Yeah. Tell me your thoughts. (laughs) Tell me your thoughts on these animal creatures. Um... I don't know. I didn't really particularly care for any of them. <laughs> I think Mr. Freeze is probably the coolest. Um, that one makes sense and actually looked kind of cool. The other ones, it just kind of looked weird and funky. Um, like Scarecrow, cool. I get why he would be a crow, but at the same time, it's like he's less effective now <laughs> that he's a crow. I'm less scared of him because he doesn't have hands. <laughs> That's true. He just flies around just throwing gas everywhere, so I guess that kind of be it maybe even more effective just flying around everywhere. Yeah, I guess you could spread more gas. <laughs> um, and As I, I do when I fly. Yeah, uh, I thought Bane <laughs> was cool. It was weird that he turned into a giant cat, but I don't know what else he would actually turn into. Um, A rhino? Maybe a gorilla. Oh, a gorilla. Yep, that would have made more that. sense. Yeah. Yep, that would have worked out a little bit better. Um, <clears throat> and then, I mean, it's kind of weird because like, I mean, according to the all the Ninja Turtle stuff we used to watch, it was whatever animal you had most recently touched, you would turn into, which it doesn't really make sense that any of these characters would have touched any of these animals very recently. No, especially the one guy who turns into a T-Rex later on. So Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty impressive. That definitely doesn't make any sense. <laughs> um, but yeah, so basically they're all fighting these guys in different ways. Uh, we'll just start off with the more simple ones. Where Donnie and uh, Batgirl are fighting Bane. Bane goes to do uh, the backbreaker to Donnie. But, of course, Donnie's <laughs> shell is very large. I do like the whole thing. Uh, the whole, like, delivery of, like, oh, you must not have heard of me. I'm the man who broke the bat. Broke the bat. <laughs> and I love that whole delivery. It's so good. But then Donnie basically breaks his knee with his shell. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> and they basically just take out Bane from there. Um, the next simple one I would say is probably, I would say the scarecrow. That one seemed pretty simple where, uh, the scarecrow Leo is just having an acid trip for a while. And <laughs> yeah, it's the thing he most fears is uh, having his brothers die. So he watches that and you see that on the, uh, the TV and that all happens. So, um, and then they just go and kick the, the scarecrow's ass after Batman tries to get him to come through, um, or pull through. So, and then we've got the best fight I think is the, Mr. Freeze fight uh, yeah. just because Raph and Mikey and Robin, I thought were a pretty cool, fun team to watch. <laughs> this was where my favorite line of the whole movie came from. Yes. I know <laughs> what you're going to say. And Raph delivered it so well. Oh, it made me so happy. <laughs> that was the best. <laughs> you know, it's so weird. Cause the first time I watched it and when he says it, as soon as, so basically the line is creature, Leave that kid alone. Hey, creature. Leave that kid alone. <laughs> as soon as he says, hey, creature, I'm just like, that sounds like it's going to be the Pink Floyd thing. And it, 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 <laughs> he delivers it. It's so good. I don't know why he, that's even in this movie at all, but it's just so amazing. I know. Hey, that was my favorite creature. joke of the whole thing. Leave that kid alone. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that so That definitely amazing. got a good laugh out of me. <laughs> Um, I like when Mikey right in the beginning kind of starts making fun. I'm like, oh man, that's a, uh, he's a giant polar bear with an ice gun. And then he's like, uh, stay cool or whatever. And then Mike's like, oh, and <laughs> yeah. he's got great lines. He's <laughs> on point. Um, I like that too. That was funny. Um, that was a good callback. 
I just really liked that whole scene. Uh, Mr. Freeze was really cool. He's just a gigantic ass polar bear for some damn reason. Um, but he does absolutely have his uh, ray gun or frost gun or whatever. And uh, yep. that, that fight was <laughs> Which somehow he can use with a giant paw. <laughs> yeah. Also, oddly enough, very true. Um, but yeah, they basically uh, kick his ass for the time being. And then uh, I think Leo and Batman or I don't know. They're, at some point, they meet up with Poison Ivy, who for some reason is a giant plant. I don't understand this. Yeah. Since everybody yeah, else turns into animals. Trap, but that's not really in an animal, I would say. <laughs> Still a plant. Uh, okay. And then, uh, and then they run into Two-Face, who has two hostages in front of him. Two-Face is like a weird, uh, I don't know what he is, like a cat thing. <laughs> Yeah, uh, like I didn't. I didn't cat. understand this at all. <laughs> Why it had two heads? I don't like, that's know. not what Two Face is. He's only got one head. <laughs> Just happens to be different out of each side. But it, yeah, this is, this is a little strange. But yeah, he's got two heads. Uh, They're stretching the taffy on that one for yeah, sure. It's an interesting concept, we'll say. But yeah, and then uh, we're also introduced during this point in time uh, with the Joker, who's a giant like cobra. I don't know how I feel about this giant cobra Joker. Just not yeah. sure. It looks weird. He did. But I don't know what else I, he would be either. So I'm guessing it's just because they he has the Joker venom, so they're like, we'll make him a snake. <laughs> so he actually has venom. Okay. <sighs> it's the only thing I could think of, but well, it seems uh yeah. I don't know if that was the best choice. <laughs> well what ends up happening is there's a big old tussle and eventually uh they stick the Joker Venom and the TCRI ooze into one thing, and then they end up giving it to the Batman. Batman, of course, turns into a giant crazy-ass bat. He, yeah, he basically just becomes Man-Bat. Yeah, he does basically come, become Man-Bat. Uh, at this time, Mr. Freeze jumps in, and uh, Batman is now fighting Two-Face, and then he goes after uh, Mr. Freeze and basically just takes both of those guys out, no problem. And then they finally end up putting that... Uh, the anti-ooze in him to get him back to Bruce Wayne style. <laughs> I love that scene too. Uh, so they, so they, uh, they basically uh, get him back to uh, regular Bruce Wayne. They bring him back to the back cave. They kind of get him healed up. And he's of course, like really kind of out of it at this point. And they're all discussing, you know, what to do and whatnot. And Mikey's like, Oh my God, I can't believe it's Bruce Wayne. And uh, <laughs> his rap or somebody is like, but do you understand you know, we are under Bruce Wayne's house <laughs> the whole time? <laughs> he says, it's, it's not fair. He's got everything, money and everything else. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I don't know. I just really liked Mikey in this movie. And then um, uh, basically what ends up happening is then uh, they they just they're going to go do the big old battle. The climax of the movie where they go and find everybody in a giant like <laughs> car chase. Um, so they've got the turtle van and Batgirl's got her, her bike and Batman's got the, uh, the Batmobile and they, they just go and just try to fight and kill all these damn animals, uh, which they I do. I did like that the, uh, the turtle van shot the, the uh, uh, like the sewer hole manhole covers yeah. that were painted like pizzas, like the toys did. Yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> I approved of that. Um, yeah, the, it is, I like that whole entire like car scene in general. It was super cool. I like that animals. Uh, I specifically or specifically like the elephant probably the most. The elephant was just really cool to see a giant fucking elephant running on two legs. <laughs> I don't know why I like that so much, but 
he was badass. Um, Do I you remember there was a uh, an elephant mutant Ninja Turtle toy back in the day? He was dressed like some kind of African shaman guy. Oh, yeah, that's right. I do yeah. remember that. Oh, my God. I think I had him. I'm pretty <laughs> sure I had him, too. Maybe that's why I like him so much. Damn <laughs> Could it. Could be. Hold on. Let me, I'm going to double check real quick while I'm continuing talking. But, yeah, uh, what is that guy's name? Uh, hold on. Uh, TMNT elephant toy. Where's my elephant? He had like a weird like orange grass skirt or something, I think. I think so. Hold on. I wasn't in grass skirt. Here it is. I found it. It's like a red and yellow. I don't think I had this one, actually. I'm thinking of the samurai guy you put tattoos on. Um, oh, yeah, there he is. I see him. Yeah. Dr. L. Yep, I did have him. I think his nose came off. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. I like that he's got like a, a human foot, a human hand, and then an elephant foot and an elephant hand. <laughs> All the things that I approve of. But anyways, he's got a bone through his big fat belly. He does. Uh, but yeah, so they fight all these crazy <laughs> animals. And then what ends up happening is uh, a couple of the turtles are fighting uh, Raish. I think it's Leo and Donnie are trying to fight Raish. And then Batman is fighting Shredder. Everything, all that stuff's going on to one of the craziest scenes in this movie, which I'm that's why I don't know if it would be rated like like I couldn't have a kid. Like it was even like a scene that I was just like, ooh boy, oh boy. <laughs> Uh, is when Raish breaks uh, Raph's arm, and you know that it's definitely broken because he's got his, uh, he's holding his uh, the stick in the same arm, and he <laughs> Raish like comes down and just basically breaks the stick in his arm all in one shot, and I'm just <laughs> like, oh my god, it was so hard to watch, even though it's like an animated cartoon, you're just like, oh, you almost <laughs> felt it. I was like, ooh, gooey. I feel like as long as you don't see blood, it's not that bad. It was gooey. <laughs> I don't like breaks. I don't like breaks at all. But then he basically <laughs> kicks Donnie off. And I guess I'm a, I'd probably be the worst parent ever because I'd be like, yeah, watch it. <laughs> yeah. This is all you're watching from now on. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> oh. But that's me. Oh. This is why I should never have children. All right. Well, then, so basically what ends up happening is uh, Shredder and the Batman start fighting and doing all this crazy stuff uh, to the point to where Shredder is uh, about to actually almost take out Batman for real this time. And then Batman says the famous word. Cowabunga. And <laughs> uh, I think who is it? Raph comes in and like bashes yep. uh, uh, Shredder in the face taking the mask off of uh, Shredder, <laughs> Batman jumps up and just starts punching him and wailing him in the face <laughs> where there, this time, Kevin, there is blood. <laughs> He's bleeding from it's the true. face and it's pretty gnarly. <laughs> and he falls, uh, they both fall onto a, basically a, some kind of a walkway where eventually he is knocked into the Joker venom and uh, Donnie. I like and, that he lost his fight basically because his face was showing. Yeah. He was like, no, Oh no, don't look at me. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, but basically Donnie and Mikey, uh, eventually bring down this giant, like, weapon that they were using, uh, to possibly spread the gas throughout the city. Whatever the fuck, who, who, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like that Mikey takes down this thing by being a party, dude. That make that made me feel really <laughs> good inside. Um, and then it blows up and they end up landing on one of the blimps. <laughs> they're like, oh, oh yeah. yeah, I guess <laughs> these things do have a purpose after all. <laughs> I thought that that 
was I thought that that was amazing. For some reason, I must have been talking to you during the first time I watched it because I completely forgot that that even happened. But yeah, they, as they're falling, they go into their shells to try to absorb some of the blow from the fall, and they fall onto the blimps. Oh my god, it's just a great callback. Um, but yeah, that's basically how the movie ends for the most part, where they kind of go their own separate ways. And then the Shredder basically looks like he's going to become what is known as the uh, Joker Shredder, which I'm hoping for a second movie because I really liked this one. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely excited about a Joker Shredder. Um, that's definitely a cool idea. Um, I, I, you were right about the uh, the best part of this movie being those fucking end credits where they're showing all these comic covers. Yeah, that, those are not the ones I was thinking of at all. These were actual like, you know, Justice League and Batman covers that they had inserted the turtles into or old turtles comics covers that they inserted Batman or Nightwing or something into. Uh, those were amazing. I know. That's why I was like, because you were saying that there was variants of those. I was like, oh, that's crazy. I was like, some of these just look so badass or like so yeah. old because I was like looking to see when the series started. And then you were like, no, it just started like, you know, not too long ago. So I was like, it's so weird because some of these images look old as fuck. Yeah, but, they were old, like classic, you know, Batman covers and shit. Um, <laughs> that but, they just kind of added some extra artwork into. And I love those. Oh, it was so that was, good. That was amazing. Yeah, for sure. Definitely enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, overall, I thought it was a great movie. Like I said, I'd probably say 7.5, maybe even an 8. Uh, I really liked the turtles in here. They were reminiscent of the 90s turtles and still embracing I put in quotes the change of today, <laughs> um, but they did it in a good way. The change I, of life. I appreciated what they did. They still kept to the roots while also keeping in in the back of their minds that yes, the two thousand kids or whatever the hell you want to call everybody now <laughs> still really like the the newer turtles, and they didn't overdo it here. That it was good. I liked all the voice acting from everybody in this movie. Uh, Baxter Stockman didn't really bother me too much. Um, I was fine with it. Um, he <laughs> wasn't in like here very much at all, so I didn't really care. Um, but yeah, everybody else did a really good job. I really liked um, the movie in general. You know what I realized in this one is apparently I must be getting old because I was actually taking Alfred's side <laughs> more so than Michelangelo. I'm like, he is a fucking asshole. Look at all the pizza he just wrecked. That's, That's true. good pizza. But you know, when you were a kid, you would have taken Mikey's side and just been laughing. I know. You'd be like, ah, he's so funny. Look at him. But no, now he's just a fucking asshole. <laughs> he ruined pizza. I do like when Mikey uh, starts give, uh gives uh, Alfred the skateboard. He's like, you can only use these if you do some sick tricks. <laughs> it's just so funny. Oh, God. That movie was just great. Um, but yeah, that's uh, Batman versus the Ninja Turtles. Uh, overall, it's worth it for that Pink Floyd joke alone. <laughs> <laughs> hey, creature, leave that kid alone. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Uh, good times. <laughs> oh, it's so good. <laughs> All right, go ahead and talk about whatever. All right. Well, let's get into the next uh, next topic at hand here. <laughs> We're up to the second round of our '80s classic rock tournament. I don't know how we've even made it this far. <laughs> Only like eight more to go. <laughs> Sorry for the noises, everybody. Eating a waffle. <laughs> well, everyone has to understand that. That's just relatable. Uh, oh, damn. <laughs> My jism. All right. So we got 16 more songs this week. We're going to try to get down to our bottom four and then kind of figure out which one's the runner up. They'll kind of go into a later bracket to see if it can make it to the full on tournament. But let's start off with our first pairing. Uh, we've got 
Burning for You by Blue Oyster Cult versus Everybody Wants You by Billy Squire. How does Everybody Wants You go again? There's a couple of them. Everybody wants you. I don't even know why I'm asking you because I really like burning for you anyway, so. Yeah, I know. You can't top burning for you. And I don't know if you've ever heard the uh, the shiny toy guns did a version of that song in like 2010. And it's a lot more like electronic and like cool. Um, that's a great version of that song. I highly recommend looking it up. Um, but the original is also great. That song is so good. Okay. <laughs> and that song always makes me think of uh, a parody that my dad made one day that I will not repeat on the air. But it was funny. <laughs> I think I know what he said. Yep. <laughs> All right. Next up, we've got uh, Sammy Hagar with I Can't Drive 55 versus Paradise City by GNR. Hey, Guns N' Roses. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I have to go Paradise City on this one. Yeah. Well, it's definitely better than I Can't Drive 55, but. Yeah. I'm so sick of Paradise City. <laughs> I feel like of the three like hugest um GNR songs, it's probably the least played of those three. Like I feel like I hear Sweet Child of Mine and Welcome to the Jungle more. Mm. I think I hear Paradise <laughs> City more and then Welcome to the Jungle and then Sweet Child of Mine. Oh really? At least I hair. feel like Oh, maybe it's different. Part of that East Coast West Coast beef. <laughs> Even though we're not part of the East Coast, we're just like our own middle. The East, we're the creamy middle. The East Coast likes the jungle, and we like the paradise. <laughs> no one likes children. <laughs> the middle likes somebody the children. please think of the children? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up, we got "Caught Up in You" by Thirty Eight Special uh-huh. versus "Shoot to Thrill" by ACDC. Caught up in you. Play to kill. <laughs> Damn it. That song's so good. And it's an Iron Man 2. Well, Possibly one. I can't remember. <laughs> it's definitely it's caught definitely up in two. you. And I say this because this is one of the two songs that went on my uh, my playlist. Because this song's nice. great. I do love that song. That's a great song. I can't I can't totally argue with you on that one. And ACDC blows. <laughs> you blow. <laughs> 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 All right, let's go on. Before this blood. This <laughs> becomes a little too gnarly. All right, next up we got uh the boys with the beard, ZZ Top. Give me all your loving. Mm-hmm. Against Breaking the Law by Judas Priest. Oh, it's ZZ I mean, Top all yeah, the way. Yeah. Oh, no way. Breaking oh. the Law is great. Well, time to get uh, on the best songs ever. I'll flip for it. Uh, what do you got? The, uh, uh, heads. Breaking the law for heads. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Let me flip it again. It didn't land tails, but it wasn't official. Tails. Damn it. Give me all your love. It's not even that good. Give me all your love. Oh, man, that was another one that went on my playlist. That's a great song. All your hugs and kisses, too. It's not as good as breaking the law, though. It's 25 times more better. (laughs) (laughs) 
What's your next one? This next one, um, this is tough for me. Just because, okay, we got Motley Crue, Shout of the Devil. Okay. Which I don't like the original version of this song from the 80s. <laughs> There's like a version like a, that they, came, they remastered it or whatever and did one in 1998, which is much, much better. And I can't even like listen to the original anymore because this other one's so much better. It's like faster and cooler. And so, the other one? <laughs> the other one is uh, Van Halen, yep. Why Can't This Be Love? Yep, Van Halen. Yeah. I have to agree on that one. I That's actually, a great song. I almost put that on my playlist, and I was like, I just can't. You put should. Van, it's I great. just can't put Van Halen <laughs> on my playlist. But this just is a for good the song. part where he scat alone. Yeah. Bada, 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 bada. <laughs> <laughs> if for nothing else, you'll get that free scatting. Um, next up. Oh man, I mean, this is obvious. I feel like we're having a bad run for Tom Petty here. Uh, but we got Running Down a Dream by Tom Petty versus Mr. Roboto. Oh, oh God. Sticks. Damn it. This is like the one thing I did not want them to pair. I don't care who wins because I hated both <laughs> of these songs. How do you hate Mr. Roboto? Because that is a total Kevin Jenks song. <laughs> <laughs> that is By which you mean amazing? <laughs> This, this is the epitome of the 80s is Mr. Roboto. <laughs> I know. Ugh. That's why it's so good. God. That song is an epic. That is like the Bohemian mm. Rhapsody <laughs> of stick songs. <laughs> mm. just, the best part of the Emirates is like, I'm Kilroy. 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 I'm going to say running down a dream now. You've really just pushed. Oh, you've just pushed it. <laughs> So now you can flip. Do you have a coin or do you want me to flip? God damn it. <laughs> Mr. Roboto doesn't win. I'm going to kill myself on the show. <laughs> and still no one will tune in. All right. What is Mr. Roboto? Heads or tails? <laughs> Call heads. Come on, come on, come on. It is heads, you son of a bitch. <laughs> it is heads. It is heads. It's Mr. Roboto. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> that song blows oh, I should have flipped my cool Avengers Endgame coin. Oh, that song is just not about good. It. It's so good. How can you hate that? Domo Arigato, Mr. Roboto. Domo. Domo. It sounds it's so nobody. Oh my it's god. So cool. I know. I get it. It's very 80s. Alright. What's the next <laughs> one? <laughs> Alright. Next up we've got Jukebox Hero mm-hmm. by Foreigner against Flying High Again by Ozzy Osbourne. Jukebox Hero. Yeah, that's kind of a classic. I do like Flying High Again, but it can't be Jukebox. That Hero. was the other song that went on my playlist. I love Jukebox Skies Hero. In his eyes. It's gonna be a jukebox hero. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> and then we got Armageddon It by Def Leppard mm-hmm. versus Bad Medicine by Bon Jovi. Bad Medicine. Your love is like bad medicine. Bad medicine, <laughs> bad medicine is on you. I love Armageddon It, but yeah. I hate the title of that. For being in a, in a Jane Silent Bob Strike Back Alone, it has to win. Armageddon, it's actually kind of cool. <laughs> I'm a get it in. Really get it in. 
<laughs> I think that's probably why I didn't like it that much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All right. Well, next up, we got the second round. We're into the second round here. So we've got Burning for You mm-hmm. versus Paradise City. Burning for You. Yeah, I think I have to agree on that one. I'm burning, I'm burning, I'm burning for you. Bing, 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 I'm burning, bing, I'm burning, bing, I'm burning for you. Actually, you know what? I'm going to put that one on my playlist. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah, do it. I think I've been putting all of those songs on my fantasy playlist. That's not <laughs> what I want to do. Can I do some pruning? <laughs> Jesus Christ, Pete. All right. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, next up, we got Caught Up in You. Versus give me all your loving. Uh, caught up in you. Thumbs and blisters, too. (laughs) Yep, I agree. (laughs) If it was against breaking the law, that would have been a tough one. (laughs) Well, I'm glad I'm here for you. (laughs) Uh, I know which way you're going to go on this one. Why can't this be love versus Mr. Roboto? Why can't this be love? Oh, God, it's such a tough call. Is it? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> um, but Mr. Robotos has a robot <laughs> named Kilroy. These are all the reasons why I can't go on. <laughs> um... All right, flip for it. <laughs> I can't abandon Mr. Roboto like an aborted baby. I can. I left it. I left it long ago. All right. Mr. <laughs> Roboto heads again. Yeah, that's fine. Oh, fuck. It's heads. Son of a bitch. <laughs> yes. God damn it. <laughs> You're doing it, Mr. Roboto. <laughs> oh, this is tough. Jukebox Hero versus Bad Medicine. Uh, Jukebox Hero, that's not tough for me. <clears throat> ah, fine, I guess I'll go with Jukebox Hero. That's right. It is pretty epic. It is. Oh, I did put... Jukebox Hero. You got thongs in your pies. <laughs> All right. So our final four at this point is Burning for You. Caught up in you. <laughs> If only we could have kept that theme going. Oh my God, Peter. Mr. Roboto and Jukebox Hero. Okay. And know which one you're going to put as the runner up. <laughs> going to be uh, Mr. Roboto. Get that shit out of there. <laughs> Damn it. Well, it's still alive. It's still got a chance. Chance to make all the ladies swoon. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> when the ladies start hearing Mr. Roboto, their panties just go flying at the stage. That's probably not entirely true, though. <laughs> is it at least 75% true? I don't think it's actually any of it of true. <laughs> All right. Damn it. All right. Well, let's do some uh, some album artwork evaluations. This is that part of the podcast where everybody goes, why are we talking about artwork on a podcast? <laughs> Because everyone has the internet and they can follow along. (laughs) (laughs) Except for if you're driving, which is when I listen to podcasts. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Maybe you just come back a little bit later. (laughs) 
<laughs> All right. All right. This week, let's do uh, no effects. Okay. One of my favorite bands. They got some good ones and some that maybe aren't quite as good, but. All right. What's the first? So starting out, we've got 1988's Liberal Animation. <laughs> uh, I tell you, I don't like that title. I like the cover. It's, yeah, it's kind of interesting. Bunch of, it's a drawn picture of like animals, mostly cows, and it looks like one pig <laughs> uh, eating a person. Really? You have a pig in yours? Um, I mean, that one thing is kind of, I guess it's a cow. <laughs> the one in the dress. Yeah, that's a cow. <laughs> <laughs> it's got like a pig face. <laughs> they all have pink noses, and this one's just a female cow. Because <laughs> it's the only one without horns. And that makes sense because she's wearing a dress. <laughs> I'm not up to date on my cow biology. That's fair. <laughs> all right. Well, it looks like a bunch of and it's cool because it looks like color penciled. Um, yep. It's very clearly stuff. early before they had a lot of money to sink into these things. <laughs> okay. I think it looks amazing. Um, uh, but yeah, no, it's just three cows eating a human person. Uh, basically half the person's already gone. The person has yep. an apple. Apple. In in mouth. Mouth. Um, yeah. It's pretty good. Liberal animation. How do we think about that title? Um, title, I'm not a big fan of. It doesn't really, it's original, I guess, but does it mean much? I can't say that it does. <laughs> I'm going to give it a three. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's generous, but I'll go with it. <laughs> All right. Artwork itself. All right. Artwork itself. Um, pretty good. I think I'm with you on that one. I would give it. Probably a seven. Yep, that's exactly what I was going to say. Seven it is. That's fair. Like bad medicine. Connection between the two. Oh, man. No, I mean, there is one. animation. <laughs> no, there are illustrations. There's nothing animated here. <laughs> well, I mean, you can't animate a cover, I guess. Exactly. <laughs> but Literally animate it. It doesn't. It does not illustrate them being animated. It just looks like they're <laughs> sitting at a table, if anything. Staring yeah, and into... just kind of eating. That doesn't, you know, reflect like, oh. Whether they're liberal or not, I'm not even sure. Actually, they're probably <laughs> further from liberal. <laughs> That's true. I think of liberal, I think of vegans and vegetarians and a bunch of wackadoos. <laughs> These just look like some cows that are eating some, definitely some meaty, meaty bits. <laughs> so we might have to give this a one. I'm giving it a one. <laughs> Can't make this any sense. Can't make any sense out of this one. I'll, I'll give it a two. I'm going to give it a two. I don't think it's okay. as bad as other things, but yeah, I'll give it a two. That's pretty fair. All right. Next right. one. Next up, we have S&M Airlines. 1989. That's only Still the before house. they really got good. <laughs> um, oh, I should say we're just going to do the main actual albums although probably someday i would like to do the like their eps and collab you know collections albums because they've got some really good ones on there too well, so so that'll be the offspring awesome. the offspring got some really really good ones i yeah. love their eps and singles yeah all right so snm airlines uh the cover arts is a <laughs> quite it's uh giganta 
uh, with a whip, <laughs> and she is riding a plane into the sky. The sky is an orangey pink, and yep. that's it. It's got kind of like a '70s kind of vibe to it, I guess. Like you would paint this on the side. Flash of your Gordon. Van. It looks like Flash <laughs> Gordon. Kinda. She's actually riding that plane to Flash Gordon. <laughs> All right. Um, artwork itself. Uh, I don't like this artwork as much as I think. I, no, I don't know what it is. It's not I would give it a me. five. It's about average to me. I'm going to give this one a four, I think. That's fair. I think this is just slightly below average. I think they could do better. <laughs> the name S&M Airlines, um, it's definitely unique. I'll give it that for sure. Um, the only thing I would like more is if it was like a play on like an actual airline. But I can't think of any, you know, name that's actually that's like S and M. It's not like there's a, you know, T and M Airlines that they're doing a takeoff on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, as a name, I do kind of like it, so I'd probably give it a six. Ooh, I'm gonna give this one a three. Okay. I don't. I mean, I like the fact that it's S and M. That's funny. I get it, but. Yeah, and that's definitely something like Fat Mike is like way into, even back then. So strange, but okay. <laughs> he's very on the record about that. Um, the connection between the two, I definitely, I have to give it a ten. Yeah, I'm gonna give <laughs> this one a there's ten. There's dominatrix riding on an airliner. So yeah, this is everything that <laughs> literally that says. So yeah, this is a straight yep. ten. Delivers everything it promised. Oh, now this next one, I fucking love i don't like the album like at all because it was still before el jefe joined and they really started getting good um but man is it good (laughs) what's it called it's called ribbed all right (laughs) okay basically it looks like a condom wrapper (laughs) which is just great considering like a cd would kind of look like a giant sized condom (laughs) the same kind of shape yep (laughs) <laughs> so I love everything about this. Um, honestly, for me, I'm going to give it a straight 10 <laughs> all the way across the board. Yep. I can't even deny that. Everything about this is pretty great. <laughs> it's a clever name. It fits with that. Uh, totally. <laughs> it's ribbed and it's look, looks, like a, looks like a condom. So what more could you possibly want? Yep. That's a pretty good one. Big, big fan. I wish the album itself delivered as much as that artwork and the title did. <laughs> uh, next up, we got 1992's White Trash, Two Hebes, <laughs> and a Bean. Jesus. <laughs> okay. Which I think is a great title because it obviously sums up the band. <laughs> You've got their drummer, uh, Smelly, who's just the white trash. Two Hebes, both. Uh, Fat Mike and uh, Eric Melvin are both Jewish and a bean. El Jefe obviously is Mexican. (laughs) So they're basically describing themselves in a very, you know, insulting way, which I'm a big fan of. Uh, The cover is basically them in without their shirts on. Mm hmm. Oh, you've you've disappeared. Got to touch that controller. But yeah, it's them without their shirts on. And then it has the no effects on one of their pant legs or short legs, and then it basically has the uh, the the album title uh, painted up upon their tummy tum tums, 
So, <laughs> yep. Um, that it does. <laughs> I would say that for the album art itself, I'm going to give this. Well, no, we'll do title first. Uh, title, I'm going to give this a five. Um, I would give it probably. I think I would give it an eight. Okay. I think that's hilarious. It is hilarious, <laughs> but it's. I think it's too much of a mouthful. It definitely is a mouthful for sure, but when it has a purpose, I like it. <laughs> I'm looking on Wikipedia and it says, according to the liner notes for the album, the original title was going to be White Trash, Two Kikes, and a Spick. Jesus. But one of the band members, family members, thought it was offensive. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, interesting. Good to know. <laughs> all right. Um, artwork itself. This is I a mean, five bunch again. of shirtless dudes. So obviously a ten. I'm not a ten. <laughs> yeah. Definitely a five. I'd probably give it a six. <laughs> I don't need to see this. <laughs> um, connection between the two. Um, I would say strong. an eight or a nine. Actually, I'd probably say nine. Yeah, because it is writing on you know, like obviously. It's written what they are on their own bodies. And so. they are right there. So, yep. yeah, <laughs> that is them. That makes sense. So, yeah, that makes give sense. It give it a nine. All right. Next up, one of the best titles ever. Um, artwork, maybe not so much, but we got 1994's Punk in Drublick. Yep. <laughs> All right. So this album artwork looks like uh, we've got about a third of the CD being taken up by the NoFX band name. And then yep. uh, off to the right, we have two cowgirls jumping up in the air doing basically method and a little <laughs> boy trying to get at their uh, bootsies. <laughs> yeah. Fun. Against kind of like a pink backdrop of clouds. Um, Punk and Drublick yeah. is uh, a 10 for me. Love that title. Absolutely. It's so good. It, obviously a great play on Drunken Public, but they're a punk band, so they just punked it up, and god damn, that's so good. Yep. Uh, the album artwork... I'm giving this a 2. Actually, yeah. I, should, I, I would even go technically even lower. I'm going to say 1. I don't know why a third of their damn album is covered up with the no <laughs> effects, and I don't Here's even the like thing. the stuff that I, is on I the I do album. really... I do really like this album, but like this is just so burned into my brain as being what a punk album is, you know, so it's hard to separate that. But I think I think I would probably give it a two because it it really isn't that great. (laughs) I mean, it's kind of cool that they're. Especially that little kid at the bottom looks very like Monty Python esque, you know, like the weird cartoons they would have on there. She looks like a zombie. Yeah. I don't get it. But it's kind of a weird mishmash of things, so I think I'll go with the two. I'll stick with Do you want to give one. it a two or are you gonna go even lower? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna give it I'm gonna stick with my one here. <laughs> okay. I can't totally argue with you on that one. Connection between the two. <laughs> yeah, that's two. tough. <laughs> I'm gonna get I'm only giving it a two because maybe that little boy is drunk. <laughs> Nobody's acting punk and maybe he's public. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that's a weird one for sure. Man, it was such a good title. They really could have knocked this one out of the park, but sadly, the rest didn't quite live up to it. 
Next up, we got 1996's Heavy Petting Zoo, which is pretty great. I can't wait till you see this one. I don't know which one it is. It's like a bunch of different ones. Is it the one where he's just oh, holding really? a sheep? Or is it the one where yep. he's doing the 69 with the sheep? <laughs> that apparently is the vinyl version, which is called Eating Lamb. <laughs> yep, that is called Eating Lamb. <laughs> so good. Yeah, the heavy petting zoo one is the one where he's kind of holding the sheep and jerking it off. We're not sure if he's jerking it <laughs> off. He could just be fingering it. That's true. <laughs> he is grabbing some poop, though. <laughs> he's definitely heavy petting that goat, though, <laughs> in some respects. <laughs> oh, God. Eating, so good. Eating lamb is way better. <laughs> I know. CMJ New Music Monthly in their review of the album described it as the band's nastiest cover yet. <laughs> you don't say. Jesus. Apparently a lot of uh, places in Germany wouldn't even sell this album because of that cover. <laughs> All right. Yeah, but basically it's just a guy doing some stuff to a lamb. We got a couple kids in the background also petting sheep. And it looks like some kind of <laughs> maybe a petting zoom. Uh, it could just be a, just a farm with some sheep on it, honestly. but. <laughs> um, all right, so Heavy Petting Zoo, what do we think of the title? Um, title, I think, is great. It's a good, like, before and after, like they would do on Wheel of Fortune, where you take, like, you know, two things, and it's Heavy Petting and Petting Zoo, yep. and you combine them together. So I like it. Uh, I'm going to give that a 10. I'm going to give it a 9. Okay, fair enough. Um, Album art, I'm going to give this a 9. Yeah, I agree. And the connection between the two, I mean, it's a 10 out of 10. Yeah, it's right on point. <laughs> Again, it delivers everything it promised. All right. So they, they got a good score on that one. This next one, not so much. <laughs> uh, this next one is 1997's So Long and Thanks for All the Shoes. <laughs> Gross. I guess it's a play on there was some book called So Long and Thanks for All the Fish. And basically, you know, as a punk band, they end up getting a lot of shoes thrown at them on stage. Oh, so it's kind of just like a way to end the show, I guess, is So Long and Thanks for All the Shoes. Okay. <laughs> so as a title, I don't hate it, but the artwork is just kind of like a Neapolitan ice cream with a bunch of circles <laughs> as the title in it. Yep. <laughs> Um, I do like the color scheme. Like, obviously, that Neapolitan ice cream looks cool, but there's not really much artwork there to judge off of. So I'd have to give it probably a two. I'm going to because I like the colors. I'm going to give it a one. If they if they did not do the circle thingies, I would have given it a two. But I those (laughs) circle thingies with the title in it is just so stupid. I hate it. I hate it really hard. It is kind of weird. They got like one word in each little circle. So there's with a title that long, there's a lot of these little circles. It's just awkward to uh, look at. It's just, yeah. Like if you're flipping through things at the CD store, like this isn't going to make you want to buy it. (laughs) This ain't jumping off or like, oh man, I can't wait to get that on a poster. I'll probably give the title maybe a five. I think. I think that's fair. It's certainly not the best. It's a little long, but it is kind of clever. All right. Shit's going down. Um, connection between the two. Fucking one. Yep. One little shoe on there. <laughs> All I needed was one shoe. Just or at least have shoe. those like those circles 
make a shoe somehow. <laughs> yeah, that no, there's sense. just no way. There's just no way. Uh, it's just no good. way, guys. Just no way. But yeah, one for sure on the, uh, the the combination of the two. So, all right, what's the yeah. next one? All right, we're up to the year 2000 with a little album called Pump Up the Valium. Obviously, a play on Pump Up the Volume. Um, uh, Ironically enough, named after a song they wrote that didn't even end up making the album. Interesting. (laughs) So it ended up on like a B-Sides thing later on. But yeah, that's weird. But uh, I really like this artwork a lot. It's kind of like a some kind of a creepy like Danny Elfman or the band Tool-esque doll of like a nurse. Yep. Who is just guzzling down some pills. <laughs> yep. You can see a little this... maybe areola. Yep. <laughs> Which may or may not be heart-shaped under there. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I just don't know. But there's a lot of cleavage. Um, it's very cool. It's very creepy. Um, it looks really cool. And I'm going to have to give it probably a 10. I'm giving it a 10. Yeah, that's cool. It's very unique and interesting looking. Indeed, and they had one of their uh, one of the singles from this album had like a two of these dolls, and like it's like a green background. That's also really cool. Um, let's see, pump up the volume. That's pretty great. Um, apparently they misspelled the title on purpose. The the word volume is different than the medicine a little bit, just to avoid lawsuits, I guess. Oh, (laughs) okay. Damn them. But yeah, I think that's a great title. Uh, I like a good pun. Um, so I'm going to give that probably a nine. I will. Yeah, I'm going to say nine. And, and then connection between the two. Yep. I mean, that's pretty strong because she's definitely down in some good old pills. Yeah, I'll probably give probably this uh, I'll give this uh, an eight. We'll say an eight. That's fair. I like that. I like it a lot. A lot. A lot. <laughs> Yeah, this is a good one. Um, next up, we've got 2003's The War on Errorism. Oh, this is Johnny's life right here. <laughs> yeah. This one's pretty great. Uh, it's basically a American flag with no effects in the blue part with all the stars. And then down below in the, you know, the stripes, stripes. section, <laughs> there's like a drawing of George Bush. George W. Bush, I just should say, um, with clown makeup on, and it says the war on errorism. Yeah. It's obviously a play on his war on terrorism. <laughs> yeah. Except that he's dumb and makes a lot of mistakes. <laughs> so I like it. It fits very well. Yeah. Um, Artwork wise, I really do like it. Um, it's very bright and colorful, and you can definitely tell it's supposed to be George W. Bush. So <laughs> that's half the battle. Oh, yeah. I would say that this is a solid eight for me. I'm going to probably like it. give it a 10. Oh, geez. I don't think it's accurate. Cause I just like it. <laughs> um, title. I also think that's pretty great on this one. Yeah, I do too. I would say this I, is a nine. Yeah. Solid nine for sure. Um, the connection between the two. I think that's very strong. I'm going to give that a 10. I think. Because it's clearly invoking, you know, a George Bush thing, the the war on terror, but with the error thing being that he's a big dummy. <laughs> they show him looking like a clown. So it just works on all the levels. It really combines in a way that's pleasant. <laughs> I will definitely give it a nine. 
That works. All right. Somebody did a thing. They said the best three albums for the punk side of things were The War on Errorism, American Idiot, and then Splinter from Offspring. Oh, I mean, <laughs> Splinter's not my favorite Offspring album, but it's good. American Idiot's meh. I don't know why. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that one's not aged well, I don't think. <laughs> like a lot of those songs I listen to, and I'm like, uh, this isn't that good. Next up, we got 2006's Wolves in Wolves Clothing. Oh, that one's right here. Is it the yellow one? Yep. All right. Artwork, I really like this. It's simple. It's just two colors. <laughs> is it because you um, like yellow? And it probably is. I think everything's a think like covers that are yellow probably get extra points. <laughs> oh, um, but yeah, it's simple in two colors, which I do tend to like is when they go fairly simple. Um, it's got a bunch of stick figures. One has apparently knocked one of the other ones down <laughs> and his arm broke off. <laughs> And it's got kind of a cool version of their logo with like a crosshairs for the O. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I like this, but I can see it not being, you know, the greatest thing ever. I'd probably give it. I'll give it a six just cause it's a little bit better than average to me. The album art. Yeah. Just the art. Oh yeah. I'll give it a six. Like if I saw this, I think I would, I'd, like it it would be striking like this yeah. is something i have on a t-shirt for sure yeah i can see you wearing this for sure yeah 100 <laughs> percent um title i like i see a play on wolves and sheep's clothing um but they're just putting it right out on front street that they are wolves yeah <laughs> um so that's cool i'm probably gonna give that like an eight i'll probably give this one a six as well okay Uh, yeah, the connection between the two, can give that I feel a like two. there's a way you could stretch that to make it make sense. But yeah, it's only so uh, much taffy you can pull. <laughs> I think I can stretch it to a three, but no farther. <laughs> I, yeah, it's clearly, that guy who who knocked the guy down is the wolf. And I guess he's a, just in wolf's clothing because he's not trying to hide it. <laughs> but I don't know. You really got to do some thinking on that one. It's methodical. <laughs> it's a metaphor. Simile. It's like a haiku. <laughs> Next up, we got. Oh, I love this one. Uh, 2009's Coaster. This is another one where the vinyl is actually different. Um, the vinyl is actually called Frisbee, basically because this is when the music industry is pretty much dead. So they're basically saying that CDs at this point have become coasters and vinyl records have just become Frisbees. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I see both of them. Okay. Well, Kevin's disappeared again. Yeah, so basically uh, we have the no effects uh, kind of thing. It looks very like 60s-esque. Um, it has a nice little whiskey glass with some ice in there and then that glass is sitting on top of a CD as if the CD was a coaster. And then just underneath that, it's got the title of the uh, the, the CD itself. But yeah, no, this is definitely a really cool-looking uh, album. I, I, I would say that this is... Man, it's definitely 60s-ish, and I like that. 
<laughs> I think yeah, it's very seventies to me. Like yeah, sixties, seventies. Uh, it's definitely yeah. the, the PC time. <laughs> like this is music included. <laughs> that's pretty good. Like, yeah, this is just a coaster, but there's also music included. <laughs> I uh, like that a lot. Yeah, that's um, pretty good. <laughs> I'm gonna give so this one I, an eight. Okay. Um, I'm pro- yeah. Just the artwork alone, I would say probably an eight's fair. Title, I really do like it for obviously what it being what it is and what it means to the CD itself. Mm. Um, so I'm gonna give it a ten. I'm gonna give this one a two. What? <laughs> I don't like the the title. I love the connection. The connection's amazing, but the title itself is not something that is catching. Like if this was yeah, on any other like album. I know, I know, and that's where the connection comes in. But I'm just basing hmm. this strictly off of the actual title of the album. And Coaster right, does but not it, do it for me. The title means that this CD is a coaster. <laughs> I know, and that's that, not the, that's this, will, not the, this is going to absolutely get a 10 for sure for the connection. But I think Coaster, is to me, is not a, a, great, <laughs> a great title to a CD. Hmm. I like it. It's simple. Um, especially the fact that there's coaster and then Frisbee for the vinyl. Uh, I like that they mixed it up and got different artwork and everything. I think that's very clever the way they did that, but okay. Two it is for you. <laughs> well, averaged out. Um, and we're going to do 10 for the connection. Yeah. 10 for sure. All right. Fair enough. All right. I think we just got two more here. We got 2012. They avoided the uh, the obvious cliche and went with self entitled. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. Oh boy, this is very simple plan. <laughs> yeah. Um, artwork. I, I can't say I'm a huge fan of the artwork. It's uh, a lot of black, like a Peter Jank design game. <laughs> um. <laughs> what the fuck Zing. <laughs> with uh no effects really large and a bunch of like shots of people you know in a crowd or on stage in white and rainbowy colors and in the middle it says self titled but then it's got the en in red letters so you know that it's different <laughs> um artwork alone i'd have to give it like a three uh, i'll probably give it a two there's not even artwork on here yeah i mean it's it's kind of cool just the way it looks i guess but like, the way it all fits together but individually like you're like i don't can't make much sense out of this yeah <laughs> uh self-entitled pretty cool album name though i'm cool with that yeah, i'm gonna give that, like that probably an eight very clever it's a good, clever pun <laughs> play on what most people do. So I like that a lot. Um, the play or the connection between the two. Now, this is tough because I feel like they are kind of by having such a plainish cover, they are highlighting the end there. So they're highlighting the pun of the title, which is basically what you want, I guess. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's not doing other things to distract you. It's just kind of playing up to the pun. So I think I'd give it like a five. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. I would say it's average as yeah. far as the connection goes. Yeah, it's trying, but, you know, maybe not not a home run for sure. 
Um, okay, and then their most recent album is 2016, First Ditch Effort. Okay. <laughs> this uh, this is like very old timey art of uh, one of those like music Mr. Bojangles type guys on the street who like plays all the instruments at once. He's got the big drum on his back and stuff. He's playing like the clarinet or something along those lines. Um, and there's this little kid trying to put, uh, I guess, is that a weird saxophone or is it just a can? I think it's a yeah, can. It's a can. He's reaching into. Yeah. Yeah. And he's maybe putting some tip money in there. This little fat kid. Uh, it's all in black and white and kind of antique looking. Um, it's more sepia. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit of sepia. <laughs> On my mind, little bit of sepia. I'm on fire. Little bit of sepia in that can. That guy's playing <laughs> sepia through a flute. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I, this is okay. It doesn't blow me away or anything like that. I'd probably give it like a four. I'd say this is a busier version of Days Go By. Oh, <laughs> I can see that. Young kid, old man. Um, yeah, four is about I mean, it's right. slightly less busy to me just because that one had color, whereas this is all kind of monotone. Very true. Just, there's more he just has a lot on. of instruments. Yeah. <laughs> That's where it gets slightly busier. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to give it a four. Yeah, same here. I'll give the title a seven, though, for sure. That's pretty good. I think I'm going to give the title a nine, um, just because I really like it, and Especially knowing what the album is about, it really makes sense. Uh, this is the album where Fat Mike was trying to get sober. Um, and it basically was, in so many ways, his first ditch effort because it was basically the first time he was trying to get sober <laughs> since he you know, started doing drugs and drinking all those years ago. So it was his first effort at trying to ditch the drugs. And also, it all, he makes very clear that he'd never hit like rock bottom. This was not something like his last ditch ever where like he needed to do this. He was just like, yeah, I figured I probably should. <laughs> so I like that. It, it works on a lot of levels for what this album is about. Yeah. Um, the connection between the two, man, that's tough. <laughs> um, uh, I really don't see one. any. There's nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know of any way to make that make sense. <laughs> Maybe Sherlock Holmes could do it, but not me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, average between those 13 albums comes out to 6.513 about. Wow. <laughs> so I think that might be the highest so far. It's pretty good. They have a lot of albums, by, Just a little bit. They really do. That, uh, that definitely helps kind of average out some of the lower scores. <laughs> If every band would just put people like diddling sheep on their album covers, <laughs> it'd be a much better world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, anything else you want to get off your chest this week? Um, no, I did play a new game yesterday. I played some board games. I played a game called Feast for Odin. Uh, it's a pretty oh, fun game. It's like made it by already. the same guy who did uh, Caverna or Agricola. It's a guy named Uwe Rosenberg who basically does all these like giant like farming style games where at the end of every round you got to try to feed your people. If you don't, then you get negative points. He tries to keep it true to life. 
Uh, this hmm. game is like a version of like a farming game ish mixed with like a Tetris game. It's a lot. There's so much going on. I believe there's 64 wow. different actions that you could take, which is just insane. Um, there's a lot going on every single round. Every time it comes to you, you're like, which one of these actions am I going to choose? Um, but overall I had fun. I gave it a 7.5 overall. It was a lot of fun. Um, I would never own it. The only person I would play with <laughs> is Sean. And that's who I decided to play with yesterday. So nice. yeah, I'm, I, I'm good. I'm good with that. Um, I think if they ever say, Hey, we're going to play this tonight, I'd still come over. Um, but I would never suggest <laughs> playing good. it. It's a huge, huge game. Uh, very, very long setup. And it took us, I think about, seven minutes to finally clean it all up at the end, which is like, it's a long hmm. time when you're just cleaning a game up. How long did the actual game take to play? Oh, two and a half hours, I believe. Oh, geez. Yeah. It was a bit of a bear, but it was good. a lot of damage. Yeah. Well, I think it would go faster if I knew more or less the actions. I think it did take about like 30 minutes to teach though. Also. Um, and that's not oh, including okay. the two and a half hours. It was two and a half hours of gameplay after the teaching. <laughs> So this is an all night event. Oh yeah, we only we started at like seven. Yeah, it was about seven seven thirty, and we ended, uh, including like a conversation with and like talking about the game and other stuff. Uh, probably about eleven thirty. Nice. So it was fun wow. though. Overall, it was a fun time. It was a good game. Uh, other than that, I don't really have any other stuff. Um, I will say, though, I got some Funko Pops on the way that I'm really excited for. As you already know, Kevin, oh. I've, got, uh, I've got the Jason and the uh, uh, Freddy Krueger um, Funko Pops that I really, really like. But I just recently discovered that there's apparently the NES uh, versions of those. What? Yeah. So I got those on the way. Um, yeah. So they got the Jason Voorhees one where he's the purple and the blue. And then they've <laughs> yes. got the crazy NES version of Freddy Krueger as well, where he's got he's basically just yellow and red. Um, so I'm really huh. excited for did both they make of a Nightmare on Elm Street? Yeah. Street? Yeah, did they did. For NES? Oh, yeah. Wow. I never played that one. I've never played it either. I've seen other people on YouTube play it. But yeah, I've, now, uh, I've never actually played it. But yeah, Freddy Krueger looks crazy on there. <laughs> nice i don't think this is crazy i did learn like a little backstory on uh uh friday the 13th though the nes game where the reason why he's purple and blue they're thinking that because the the animators and the artists were out of japan and uh friday the 13th had just been starting to get uh you know make their way over there and this one was more or less loosely based on who i think the third one, oh my god, it was the third of the oh, Okay. Um, they had a cover that got to Japan where it was like a very, very dark cover. And because of the lighting and everything, Jason was coming out and he was in a blue jumpsuit. Um, or no, a purple jumpsuit. And he was just, uh, his face was shaded in blue to mask, you know, basically this lighting. So it was mm-hmm. supposed to look like a retro poster. And that's what he thought that Jason looked like. Oh, wow. Uh, NES. That's on. hilarious. Poster. Oh man, I don't know if I can find <laughs> it. I saw it on a YouTube video the other day, and I was just like, "Oh my god, that's so damn good! That makes so much that's more cr- sense." It's crazy that like one, like <laughs> you were making the game for something you've never really seen, other than an image on a poster. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I can, I'm gonna be able to find it. But it was like a poster. For, I want to say it was the 3D one. I could be wrong though. I'd have to I'd have to do some research, 
But yeah, it's yeah. it's like oh, I could totally see where he got the you know got the color scheme. From yeah, him. just because of lighting. It's so weird. I'm like, oh, this makes so much more sense now because I've always <laughs> wondered why the fuck he was purple in the first place. I mean, I wonder if they would have changed it anyway because it probably there's so little detail you could have on there that maybe they wouldn't want to have just like brown and white. <laughs> Yeah, I know they've only got so many colors they can use at the same time on the NES, so uh, I don't know what they would have done. I mean, purple is such a weird one. Good. White would have yeah. been fine, and then, I don't know, I don't know. The purple is just so off-putting. <laughs> There's nothing terrifying than a purple Jason. That would have been hilarious if Jason looked like that in the actual movies. He would stand out like a sore thumb everywhere he went. Oh, well, yeah, Friday the 13th coming to the Switch, the game. Um, I would never get it because I've already got it and I barely even play it now, as in I don't play <laughs> it at true. all. Um, I like yeah. Dead by Daylight way better, but... Yeah, of the two, it's definitely the better game. We should be playing Easily. Dead by Daylight since the Scream guy's in there now. We gotta see how he does his stuff. Yeah. You just never know if you're gonna get him. And then That's you gotta true. wait in the lobby for half hours just to get into one game. That's true. That's why you just let me <laughs> be him and then we'll just do the one-on-one. <laughs> and then you get to play as him for about three seconds before you kill us all. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's usually how that works. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we already talked about this yesterday, but um, I guess we should do a little wrap up on uh, Stranger Things season Ooh, three. I, I do want to save this for next week, just in case anybody oh. does listen. I don't want to go into spoiler territory yet, but I will give my overall okay impressions i absolutely love this season same Um, i I do oddly enough though i did see a review from jeremy johns and Mm -hmm. he poo-pooed on this really yeah he's the first person i've seen who's actually poo-pooed on it he says that he hated the hopper and joyce uh storyline he thought that there was just too much stuff that was just like too off the wall um he didn't like Hmm. the fact that um, this seemed like it really kind of geared more towards 80s stuff with non-original stuff, like using more of the Russians or the Terminator guy, uh, basically using like <laughs> the idea from the faculty or the uh, invaders of the body snatchers instead of doing something more original like they did with the first two seasons with the upside down and all that. Um, I mean, even the upside down is kind of reminiscent of other things you've seen. Right. I'm, it's not not like anything is that original these days. At least it's different enough where you're not like, it's like, Oh, that's completely this other thing. It's very true. I think I can see where he's coming from, but I just loved all the characters so much. I can't even, I can't even remotely stand by his side on this one. I really do like his reviews and I usually have a similar opinion, but um, yeah, I, wow. for the first time, I would not have expected that from him. I know. And he says he loves the first two seasons a lot, but then, yeah, he said this one was just too off the wall. I don't agree with it, though. I honestly, I love this season. I think it's an amazing season. I think everybody should definitely watch it. um, If you like Stranger Things, of course. Uh, I don't think if you you don't like Stranger Things, this isn't going to change your mind at all. (laughs) This is just (laughs) more, more Stranger Things, but definitely. with Yeah, you get more of the characters you already love. So that's really never going to be bad unless they do something really stupid with it in the future. But for the most part, I don't really have a lot of complaints. I heard today that there's some whole petition online that they're all mad because Hopper and Billy were smoking. Oh, I saw that. (laughs) I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you people? Oh, I don't know. It's It's the real world. People smoke, especially in the the 80s. 80s. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They said that because the first two seasons, there was like they call it 
oh man, smoking incidents. There was like 213 <laughs> smoking incidents where they were seen, seen smoking in the 80s. Fuck you. <laughs> I've seen people smoke hundreds and hundreds of times. Have I ever decided to smoke? Never. <laughs> I saw the guy who, deal. who promotes not smoking, Smokey the Bear Smoke. <laughs> with Camel. Joe Camel, he smoked one with Joe Camel. Yep. Tony the Tiger was there too, smoking it up. <laughs> he was giving out hand jobs. Two Can Sam was honestly, he was following his nose. We won't talk about the drugs he was into, but <laughs> I mean, the other three definitely smoking cigarettes. cigarettes. Yep. But yeah, who cares? People are just buying yeah. something to complain about. I fucking hate everyone. They really do. The smallest, stupidest things that no one would have an issue with, they'll make into this giant big deal. We're just not going to be able to have anything anymore. And then people complain about how we don't have anything anymore. <laughs> yep. You did this. You did it. I'm just going to fart in all their mouths. <laughs> well, anyways, that's pretty much it. Um, I will say uh, I, I came up with, a, I think, a better way of coming up with a, a horror-style game. Slowly starting to work on it right now. Very excited for that. Uh, what does that mean for you guys? Really nothing. But I will probably end up putting this one on uh, the Game Crafter, which is the first game I've put on the Game Crafter in years. It's been years. Yeah. It's been full True. blown years. I think the last one I Has actually, it really? Yeah, I think the last one I published was uh Kid Nitro. That was 2016. Huh. I've I made oh, a for people to buy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I've put yeah. I've put a that ton on there. I mean Spellbook was one that I put on there. Yeah, um, I was gonna say that was just very recently. <laughs> yeah, that was last weekend. I got the new stuff for it. Um Yeah. Yeah, that was I think it was Kid Nitro was the last one I actually fully published and put on there. Because even Master of Disguise I never actually put on there. Damn. It's crazy. The world's changing. The world's changing. But yeah, no, this horror game for sure. I'm really, really excited to check. Yeah, I I do like Master of Disguise. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I want to get that one. If that ever goes up on there, I'll buy one. Yeah. (laughs) Get horny for it. All right, everybody. Me and Dana Carvey will play it. There you oh, go. we should mention um, oh. there was a big comic book story last week when uh, The Walking Dead just kind of surprise ended on people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they uh, were in issue 193 came out and it was just like giant size and everyone was like, oh, surprise, it's the final issue. Um, there was no solicitations. They'd actually put out solicitations for the next couple of issues for the next couple of months uh, just to make it look like this comic was still going on. But turns out, nope, Robert Kirkman just ended it. He was like, yep, this seemed about, this is where I wanted to end it. Um, he, I guess he realized about 50 issues ago that, holy shit, like this is coming to an end quicker than I thought. <laughs> Damn. They're already at this point. So I guess, yeah, I guess it's going to end. And he just managed to keep it a secret this whole time. So um, good on him, I guess. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of cool, I guess, that no one had any idea. Yeah. Uh, most of his comics, like when he ended Invincible, they told you like a year in advance, like these are the last 12 issues. And it all kind of built towards an ending, whereas this just kind of just kind of did it. And honestly, I'm cool with it because it did seem like they had done everything they could do without kind of just getting into repeating territory. Mm-hmm. Like they've already fought like every type of enemy you could possibly imagine at this point. It would, and it seemed like things had gotten to be somewhat more civilized. So it's kind of to the point where there's not going to be a whole lot of unrest, you know. There's not much you can do other than, you know, this person's trying to get elected. <laughs> oh, no. 
it's not going to be like as crazy as in, you know, the adventures that they had in the early days of the zombie apocalypse. Like they found this new colony in like Ohio that they've kind of bonded with. They all had a lot of shit way more advanced than even they did. And they were setting up a, like a railroad to go between those two colonies and stuff like that. So they'd already gotten to this point where there was a lot of civilization kind of back in place. Um, and they, the final issue kind of cuts forward probably, you know, 25 years or something. So you see even more of what they were doing and what the world became. So it's kind of probably a good place to end, especially with them killing off Rick not too long ago, just like one or two issues ago. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably time. <laughs> I'm glad that he knows when to quit instead of just to beat beat the horse until it's dead and then continue beating it. Off. Yeah, there was a, in his uh, in his letter at the end. He was just like, yeah, I, I thought about extending it, but I'm like, that would have just been filler. And I was like, oh, man, that's totally a shot at the AMC show. <laughs> yep, they're all filler. <laughs> that's all they got. <laughs> it's all poo 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 poos. But yeah, my comic book uh, pull list is getting awfully small now <laughs> with these books ending and me giving up on most of the Marvel books. It's uh, it's pretty small. Like I had to give up Daredevil the recently. I know I am. I'm saving so much recently just because I don't have to spend so much on comics like Daredevil. They had Matt Murdock quit. And now they're going to get some new Daredevil who I think is like a black woman or something like that. It's like, nope, I'm out. <laughs> It's not Matt Murdock. I don't want to read this book. He's Daredevil. That's the only one I care about. Done. That's fair. That's fair. So pretty much just reading two Spider-Man books and the Hulk book. Wow. That's it. That's sad. Quit all the X-Men books because they just got so terrible. (laughs) Damn. But you were kind of even the Avengers is not good. I know. I'm just going to buy more back issues. That's pretty much what I've decided. (laughs) That's just gives me more money to go buy back issues and trade paperbacks and shit from back in the good old days when comics were still good. When they weren't trash, political trash. (laughs) Yep. All righty, everybody. Well, that's a good note to end on. So (laughs) a happy note. Yes. This has been the original (laughs) Janksters. I'm Peter Jank. That's Kevin Jank. And as always, remember to flip that tip and ACDC blows. Bye. (laughs) You blow.